My name is Cheyenne, and today on A Closer Look to Dateline, we will be discussing the episode called Unbreakable, which is about a young woman called Rebecca Muser and her life in the church society called FDLS. Rebecca and her sister helped put a stop to the society and the abuse that was happening. To begin the episode, they start off with introducing all of the people who will be on the story and uh, just gives off like a summary of what you're going to be watching. Um, they really make it dramatic and even put a video of uh, Jeff Warren talking to Rebecca, some sort of like threat, and just keeps panning on him like a foreshadow kind of thing. And then it goes into the very famous Dateline, you know, title scene and ooh, spooky Dateline. <laughs> the beginning of the episode really starts off with a cinematic pan of Rebecca's car. She's driving to the FDLS's like society area. She cries in her car because the memories are coming back too much and she's just like, I need a break. And yeah, she just cries and really tugs at your strings a little bit. But then it puts up pictures telling, like, explaining that she was sister Becky. Now she's Rebecca. It talks about how the fact that she had a share her husband with like 50 other people and she was only 19 and the husband who was the main prophet leader uh he was 85 when they married so that's already not good short crick or the crick is where everything happened and that's where they, the FDLS's society, church society, was located. Then, um, Rebecca gets out of her car. She walks around, and everyone there's that are residents of the Crick. They're like, who is that? And they don't really enjoy her being there. She isn't happy because um, her family, where she went, she goes to this place, the Crick, after so many years of not being there, to confront and see her family. But so far, it looks like they're not going to be so friendly to her. Yeah. Then it just pans onto everyone, and most of the not most, like all of the women have their hair up in like in a bun or a braid. Mostly that's the older women. The older women have super long dresses, like you can only see their neck, their face, and their hands. Like you can't see anything else skin wise. And their dresses are super long, very basic. But then the kids, same exact situation, long dresses, and then you can see that the males and females, children, are very much separated because they have only showed two um, girls together and then across the street was two boys. 
and then now, now the episode goes into the actual episode. Like they talk about Warren Jeffs and his dad. Uh, what's his? Ruvan Jeffs. He was the main prophet, and they just keep talking about him a little bit. Really messed up, like. They talk about oh so this is a behind story okay this is behind the story of the unbreakable aka rebecca moozer aka the woman in red who took down warren jeffs yeah so then after it like talks about like you know warren jeffs and then his dad and then how they were a society like church society leader people kind of thing they go into rebecca's actual history her dad worked for nasa actually helped build a spaceship that went to the moon she lived a pretty normal life actually when she was young she went to kindergarten or first grade in public school so she was thriving <laughs> and her dad actually was married to her mom, but then had two other whites. And her dad had over 25 children. That is a lot of children for one man. So then it goes into the history of the society and all that. So I guess in July 26, 1973, there was a massive raid because Arizona actually sent out a warrant for every man's arrest in the creek. Yep. So then 250 children with their mothers were like sent away and none of like most if not all families were actually never reunited and that is sad. So using the raid as leverage um all the parents, everyone of like the society was like, oh my gosh, this time in July 26th, uh, 1973, they took all of our children, they took the men, and then they just wiped us all out. So that's what the outside world is, so don't do it. And then they're like, oh my gosh, the children, oh my gosh, like, we don't want that to happen. The outside world's so bad, we must stay here. So basically, they manipulated the children into believing that the outside world is that bad, which is very... Wow. They even labeled it the most terrible day of the FDL as a society. Yikes. So then we go back to Rebecca's story. How the three wives, like I said before, the first wife lived upstairs. The second wife, which is Rebecca's mom, lived in the basement. And then... Yeah. And then they talk about how the wives, the two wives, never really got along. Uh, the first wife was super jealous of the second wife, and then they just a fight all the time. A lot of jealousy. Um, so, when Rebecca was growing up, they lived in Salt Lake, Arizona, I'm assuming. They didn't actually say the state, but Salt Lake. And... Uh, Rulon Jeffs, the prophet, was 
to every single child called Uncle Rulan, which is, that's a lot of kids to call you uh, uncle. And of course, he's the big bad prophet. He lives in the most expensive house on the property. And then he had the most money. He has actually a really nice house, it looks like. Bay window. Really modern looking house. Doesn't look evil at all. So Rulan Jeffs had 10 wives and over 50 children. Which one of his children, of many sons, is called Warren Jeffs. And he is... Wow. <laughs> so all these parents, like uh, Rebecca's parents, for instance, they really... Uh, believed heavily that Rulan could speak directly to God, so then they showed, preached to their children and were like, hey, Uncle Rulan, he's like the main guy, don't make him mad. So like, <laughs> praise be to Rulan. And they just manipulated the children a lot to just think that Rulan was the man to be, which is kind of crazy because a society like it started with one man it looks like and Rulan he just like he somehow made all of these people believe that he was the next Jesus or actually he believed they he made them believe that he was the one who's gonna bring Jesus back and that he, he's gonna live forever and that when Jesus come back everyone in that society is gonna be straight to heaven like they're gonna be right like they're gonna be buddies with God and all that and then everyone believed him because who doesn't want to be buddies with God <laughs> and so this guy manipulated thousands of people to believing that he was the guy that talks to God <laughs> Rebecca actually admits that she looked up to this guy like she wanted to make him happy she wanted to not satisfied, but she didn't want to make him mad. She, she looked up to him like a actual like hero kind of thing. So um, everyone in the FDLS they obeyed Rulon. So basically, what happened was like if he goes, "Hey, I want you to jump ten feet high," and they're like, "You we can't," he's like, "Well, I won't say jump ten feet high." You know what they're gonna do? They're gonna jump ten feet high. So like. This guy has, Rulan, has tricked, manipulated them into thinking that whatever he says must go. So, it's kind of scary because if he was like, I want you to kill Bob. I want to kill Bob. And then Sarah is going to be like, oh, I don't, I, I, I don't know about that one. But then he's like, I said it. And she's like, give me the gun, or give me the knife, or give me a stick. Like, she's gonna kill Bob. Which is insane, because why would you kill Bob? <laughs> Bob didn't do anything, but, you know. So then it pans on to Rebecca, and she goes, obedience, obedience. Obe obedience is the only way. If you don't act, like, it's the only act you can do. If you don't do obedience, then you are, like, what did she say? Something about damnation? Like, you're in damnation? So anything otherwise, obedience is damnation. Wow. So it seems like as, like, a child, you have more, like, carefreeness as a child should have. You just have to know that obedience is the way. Obedience is the key. 
you are obedient. Like, there's nothing else to do it. But they just said that um, being a, a teenager is actually harder because there's more rules, they're stricter, and then your freedom's like gone. So it's, if you don't, if you are not obedient, you're done. So when they're like in their teens, uh, actually when Rebecca goes back to Crick, um, she meets up with a childhood friend, Aaron something, and he, they go on to interview him, and he starts saying that, like, Ron Jeffs, he, like, he started teaching that you don't have a choice, like, it's my way or the highway, like, you have to be perfectly obedient, you have to, you, like, if you are ordered to do it you have to do it so if you are like ordered to um what was it what do you say donate your time you have to do it if you donate your car you have to do it if you donate your money you have to do it oh no so that's the side of a super di like dictatorship 101 <laughs> and then they just go on about dictators and like how rulon like really ruled with an iron fist and that he was a mean leader mean leader so Rebecca's dad was like super for the prophet, so like he was a firm believer in it. So then he made his children, his over twenty children, believe also. And then he um, enrolled uh, Becky or Rebecca into the um, academy, Alta Academy, that is like Rulan's school for the children there. He enrolled her there. And so they really just put some dramatization in this one and they were like, oh yeah, uh, her enrolling in this was like the creation of an explosion. But then it zooms in on her face and goes, and all they needed was ignition. Pretty dang, pretty dang thing. They start off the second segment type of thing with um, a pan over a uh, first page of the yearbook and it says children of Zion and that's pretty eerie because it's a it's has like babies like little babies to teenagers and then um, they're all children of Zion so that is weird. <laughs> Then it pans over to Rebecca walking through with the flashlight to her old schoolhouse. And then it talks to and she talks about this one room that had K to twelfth graders in one room. And then Warren Jeffs would be the main teacher and would teach arithmetics, like math, writing, reading, how to write, how to read. Like a normal school. Then on the side, on the side, he would teach the FDLSs. You know, society rules and what to do, what not to do, and how to really make him mad. And he was not a good principal because he was a principal and a teacher, but he was a mean principal, a very mean teacher. They just panned over a picture of Rulan and then Warren. And I will just tell you this right now they are carbon copies. Like Rulan, he's older and like. You know, has that old person type of look, but then Jeff 
not Jeff, Warren has like that like new person, like younger person, you know? But then like Warren and Warren and Rowan, like it just looks like you made um, Rowan a little bit like younger. So he looks like Warren's age and they probably would have been like twin brothers. It's really like you could tell their son and father. It's wow. That's kind of creepy how much they look alike. That's kind of sweet. Rebecca actually learns like she loves music. So she picks up the violin and then it like pans on a picture of her and like she looks so sweet. Her like bright blue eyes are shining and she's smiling with the, the violin. She looks actually pretty happy. But yeah, she learns music and that becomes something that no one else really knows about. It's just music. So that's pretty neat for her. Ah, so Rebecca. She, uh, how do I explain this? She was like a troublemaker kind of kid, but not really, because she listened to everything Warren said in like class. And she was like, oh yeah, I get it, get it, get it, woo, whatever. But then he talks a lot about obedience because obedience is key and obedience is like your one way ticket to the good lands, essentially. But then, uh, Rebecca, she is not so obedient. Like, she kind of, like, goes against the grain a lot, and she just isn't really obedient, like how Warren wants her to be. So, Re Rebecca actually just admitted that, like, she wanted to be obedient. Like, she wasn't really, like, really unobedient. Like, she didn't ever sneak out. She didn't have boyfriends, because girls were not a lot of boyfriends, unless they were her husband. And then, like... Yeah, she didn't sneak out, she didn't drink beer, she didn't do anything bad. Just, she was just a little bit disobedient. Just like his father, he is a dictatorship. Not, he's not, oh my gosh. He runs the school like a dictatorship, I meant to say. He really runs a place with an iron fist. He's, he, uh, actually he's kind of goofy. They just showed a home video of him teaching, like, a class thing. He was reading a book and he was dressed up, like, he had clown nose on and, he actually seemed pretty goofy, like, not like a really weird dictator, <laughs> but looks can be deceiving. Yep, and then it just pans on the two father and son duo again, and then she talks about how the fact that when she's out of school, life is dictatorship, like, it's just a dictatorship, and then when she goes back into school, it's just another dictatorship, just the exact same thing. And Warren actually... It seems he would tell his father everything that happened in school and then his father would make new rules or bend some of the rules to like really prepare the generation that's in school right now for better and bigger things like they'll be more obedient they won't like talk as much that they shouldn't be talking about and like just more robotic people if that makes sense to keep his power at all. Rebecca just admits that Warren is super like calculative, I think that's the word. Like he's really um one move ahead of you have a guy. He plants his moves how to get power or position, really. And then she admits that she never felt comfortable with him around and that he was really creepy. And she believes that she's not the only one. So, uh, Rebecca's friend, named Andrew, not Aaron, my bad, Andrew, 
he this accidentally didn't turn in like four assignments in a row which as a rule of the school was if you didn't turn your assignments in um they're punished and it turns out that um uh, andrew didn't turn in four assignments in a row and he was sent to the principal's office where he was beat but the back of his kneecaps and thighs um he was beat with a yardstick until he was like blistered and welted and he admits that he couldn't sit down for about a week properly sit down for a week because he was beat so hard which is like insane because the, yeah they're a private society and like the first amendment rules you can do whatever you want with religion it's your thing but like he was being abused because he didn't turn in four assignments like what what kid would you know as a fourth grader he's in fourth grade i think that i would turn in four assignments like i'm in high school and i sometimes don't turn in four assignments I'm like not in a row because no thank you but like even if that like don't turn in four assignments you get beat with a yardstick like what the heck that's not okay and andrew just admits that he never turned in another late assignment or he never net like there was no more late assignments he always was top class because of that mistake and he was lucky because he only got beat once so he got lucked out so you like even though they were like see like society and all that but stuff and he had the like their own school and curriculum something that was not taught and very much frowned upon was <laughs> evolution because it just did not mix with the fdls is like religion and then the man landing on the moon that was strictly forbidden because that could never happen i guess ah so this is how rec actually learned her first punishment she oh yeah she went to kindergarten first grade in a public school and then an astronaut actually came to their school and she talked to him and he was like yeah no like i do this stuff like i can go to the moon and then she was like whoa and he confirmed like yeah we went to the moon so then going to alt academy she was she said um that the moon landing was real and then instantly she was sent to the principal's office which he just yelled at her and was like don't ever say this again like this is a warning don't ever say it again it will be way worse next time so she was super confused and started to like think that the fdls is like religion was a little bit iffy because she was told from an astronaut that they went to the moon but then the religion was like no 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 we could never go to the moon because the god would never let man go to the moon so she got into trouble for the first time that time it goes on next about how Mulan admits that he's the very last prophet there will ever be because he personally will accept Jesus into uh, earth again like he's going to bring Jesus back and that he's gonna live forever and everyone was like whoa yes heck yeah let's do this and then obedience comes into play because Mulan was like yo you want to go to heaven you want to go live with the god you got to be obedient you have to be 100 percent obedient so like 
these kids, these adults, were 100% obedient before. Actually, might be like 99.9% obedient. Or just, you know, 0.1% that's like, I don't know about this, but you know. Anyway, so Rulan was like, yo, I'm gonna bring God back. I'm gonna bring Jesus back. Like, be obedient. And then that 99.9% went all the way up to a 120%. So, like, yeah, he, Rulan's like, you need to be obedient to everything I say. And then, oh, Rebecca, on the other hand, was having more and more trouble being obedient to Warren because she was at 0.1% that really never wanted to be obedient. Even though she was obedient, she just wasn't obedient in the proper way. Rebecca was always in trouble for being stubborn. She was that child that always said why. She was that child that always asked the question, why? Why, why, why? Why was, why, why this, why that, why that? And it always got into trouble. So she went to the principal's office, like, weekly. That must not be fun. Like a prep, prep dictatorship. Everyone is owned, but mostly the women. Because, uh, as a child, of, when you hit a certain age, of, uh, when you graduate the academy, you are instantly picked to be wife of, of some random man in the society. And you have no choice whatsoever to say yes or no about it. And then Rebecca goes on about how the fact that, um, right now, uh, the wives have to bear as many children as possible. So normally, um, when you're married, within about two weeks, you should be pregnant. And that, the reason why you have to have so many kids is because when the man dies and goes to heaven because these are like 16 19 year old kids marrying 40 50 year old men they're so much older than them so they're gonna outlive them so it's like the process of the society or more or less Rulan is have as many children as possible because when the man dies of the family he will go to heaven because they're so godly people and he will have a huge kingdom of him like of himself like there will be a kingdom for that family so the more children you have the more kingdom you will have so equals more land or stuff so they like women would have to bear like 20 plus kids and then during your marriage you have to as your covenant it says uh do you give your self to your husband of your own free will choice so like your mind your body soul and mind to your husband so you cannot have your own freedom your husband rules your life as becky turns of age she has to marry and she's married off to the prophet so rulon jabs is her now husband aka the guy who she had to grow up speaking to as uncle Rulan is now her husband and she is his 15th wife no that's sorry 19th wife <laughs> and as a 85 year old man really should want to have with his 19 year old uh new wife is he had wanted to have sex with her and the first time that she and him 
had intercourse, it wasn't a fun time, as Rebecca has stated. And then she turns out to be the only wife and the only woman in the whole entire society to say no to the prophet with sex. Like, she said straight up no. And then that actually earned her another visit to her now son because she married Rulan. And Rulan is her now husband. So Warren, who is Rulan's son, is now uh, uh, Rebecca's son. So Rebecca is now her principal, ex-principal's mother, which is really weird to think of. Anyway, so Rebecca uh, lands herself into her son, aka Warren's, um, office, and, whoo, that was not a fun time for her. Um, so a man is decided, so a woman is decided to be a man's wife by how holy and how, like, obedient he is. So, and it doesn't actually matter if it's your cousin or your brother. So, that they, if you, yeah, if an eligible bachelor is eligible for a life of any age, he can, you can have your sister as your wife, and, or your cousin. But Rebecca lucked out, and she actually married the, the prophet himself, 19th wife status. They interviewed her father, and he, uh, her father was like, she wanted to do it. It was a responsibility. It was an honor. And then Rebecca goes on the camera and says, He's lying. I did not want to do it. He's 85 and I was 19. I don't want to do that. You're crazy. On September 17, 1995, Rebecca got married to the prophet, Rulon of Chaffs. It was a super short ceremony. Of There was like other girls with her there. She had her, she actually handmade her dress, and it's like, it's a really pretty dress. It's a really long dress, it, you can only see her face and her hands, but it's a really pretty, like, embroidery dress on the top, super pretty. She, on that day, she just gave up and was like, that's my fave. And then she surrendered to it, she was obedient to it, actually. And she talks about how, like, she felt when she walked in, she just, she just said that, just stand up and do your duty, so. Rebecca didn't want to get married to this man. She's being, she's just doing it for, as what she has to do. And then she, that day, September 17th, she becomes the 19th wife of Ron Jeffs, who couldn't stand up for their wedding, so he was leaning on a bench. And she, in the picture that they took together, he couldn't stand up for it. He was leaning on things, and she was holding him up, basically. And she says that she could feel how shaky he is, and that he is an old man. Like, she was... She was lost and she didn't feel she didn't feel like it was the right thing to do she was having an insane amount of doubts it was like and she just didn't want to do it but she did it anyway 
you know, she has to live the life of being a wife to a 85 year old man. She was, and she, she was actually ashamed of herself for not being excited about being married to an 85 year old man. And then now it goes on about talking about how uh, Rebecca is now the mother of all of his children, along with every other wife he has, including Warren. And then it talks about how like Warren was nice to her because, but he was also very stern. He told her many, many times, like, what's her place and what's required of her. It is, uh, before she said that when you are getting married, your covenant says you give yourself to your husband. So everything is your husband's. And that means absolutely everything. So her being the newest wife, he she actually had the most time with him. And because she was the youngest and actually probably the prettiest. And that's what Dateline said, not me, but I totally agree. But she was probably the prettiest and Warren not Warren, sorry. Uh Rulan was like, Yes, come, <laughs> like spend time with me. So Rebecca actually spent all this time with him out of all the other wives. And then um, Rulan and Warren had a motto called Keep Sweet Forever. That basically means your attitude, like for the wives, your attitude is sweet. You're not hostile, you're not violent, you're not disobedient. You're sweet and obedient. So basically what that means is if Rulan or Warren, most likely Rulan, if he was like jump, they have to jump. If he says uh sing like a cat you have to sing like a cat there's no other option for them and you have to just keep sweet so keeping sweet you could not ask questions you could not do anything wrong you can't be angry at all like ever you cannot be angry you have to be sweet so totally obedient super sweet and sorry that was super disgusting <laughs> but you have to be totally obedient totally sweet and then you cannot be angry and yeah so whatever he wanted he got and then the material goes into how the fact that an 85 year old man can have sex with 19 wives and still perform it properly and then she goes on to say that she had had sex with him one to three times every month when they first married but then she like kind of got more confident and then she said heck no thank you but then they just keep going on about how he the i mean rulan really <laughs> sorry her explanation is kind of funny it, she goes on to saying that even though he really couldn't perform properly because he is an 85 year old man and she's 19 he certainly did try to perform and she was not happy about it. She and basically what happens is she is horrified and she's like, "What? What's happening?" And then she keeps thinking, "If he's a man of God, then why the heck is he doing this to me?" And then she's like, "Oh wait, he talks directly to God. Like, 
then she says that God will give him the message that she doesn't want to do it. He won't have sex with him. But, you know, <laughs> the five-year-old man. Sadly, um, God doesn't answer her prayers. And he keeps, essentially, she just claimed abusing her, sexually abusing her. Because she said no. She said no. She didn't want to do it. But he kept doing it. Tried to, at least. So after all of her prayers and what, and she was asking God, like, show him the way. Like, I don't want to do this. He called for her one day and she did absolutely unthinkable. She said no. And that was not a good thing for her to do. As we have hit the 20 minute mark of the episode called Unbreakable, I will be ending this podcast right here and tomorrow. I will pick up on part two of this episode. I hope you enjoyed. Um, thank you for listening.